Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Distraction Pieces Podcast, episode 178. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Um, and thank you for all the love for last week's number one, uh, last week's episode with Gene Gray. A lot of people were saying that's their favourite episode or, or instantly in their top few. So that's lovely. And a lot of love for the Ask Pip secret episode, I, the bonus episode I snuck out there. Um, I put one out on Friday. If I get any time over the next a week or so, I'll do another bonus episode. Um, if you want to ask some questions, go to my Facebook page and have a bit of a scroll and find the Ask Pip bit, and um, I'll answer any that are on there, or as many as I can, if I get a chance. So go and do that. What else do I need to tell you about? Uh, this week's guest is, is Johnny Lee Miller. That's pretty bloody awesome. Um, I should mention that... Um, this oh yeah this coming this coming saturday saturday 25th of november um is the last we are lizards of the year that's my club night where i book a load of really good djs i dj myself in a rubber lizard mask it's at the book club in hoxton yeah come down it's our last one of the year i'll be there chris and stew will be there from the uh the drunk cast and hardcore listing we've got tons of amazing djs and it's going to be a great time and it's our last one so i want to see as many of you as possible also i mean obviously i'm going to plug speech development where i've recently topped up the signed section so i've got books in there my dvd signed some records signed um if you did have any of that stuff and wanted it personalized the club night is the one place that you'll be able to grab me um before Christmas, essentially. So if you had anything that... Obviously, you could just go and buy a signed copy, and that's quite a nice little a Christmas present. But if you wanted anything personalised, I'm at them um, them events from beginning to end. So just come and say hello. Ask me to sign anything you want. Let's have a chat. Let's hang out a bit. So that's good. But yeah, we are brought to you by speechdevelopmentrecords.com. Christmas is coming and winter is here. So we've got loads of winter stuff. And we've just got loads of good gifts. I list it every week, but just go and have a browse. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast for the last three years, where I've had at least a, one episode a week without missing a single week for over three years now, and they're free, then maybe you might, if you've got some spare some spare cash, then maybe you might go and spend a bit of money and support the label and myself and the podcast and all that kind of thing. Um, if you don't want to, you don't have to. SpeechDevelopmentRecords.com is where you can go if you should choose to. So I've mentioned the club night. I've mentioned that. I've not mentioned next week's episode. Yeah, but in fact, I'm going to tell you about the episodes I've got lined up for the rest of the year. So next week's episode is, is Rick Edwards, and it's great. We talk about the podcast and book he's got that's all about the science behind movies it's absolutely fascinating. It's an absolute n- nerd out of points, but genuinely some fascinating, fascinating stuff. So that's going to be n- next week. In between these, if, as I said, if I get a chance, I'm going to sneak these bonus episodes out on a Friday answering uh, your questions. It's basically a case of if I've got enough questions to answer and I've got time. So I'll do some of them for, for you guys as a little extra treat. I know it, it just occurred to me that the, not many podcasts release towards the end of the week and i know probably most of you got enough podcasts that you you struggle to keep up anyway but i thought it'd be cool to start sneaking these out as a little bonus if you want to listen to them no pressure though it's just me on my own rambling so feel free to skip them um then the week after that i've got um 
a special episode on vinyl from the author of Vinyl Vinyl Matters. Um, and we're going to have a big discussion about the history of vinyl, of music, of all sorts of stuff. It's going to be a really interesting one. So that's coming up. Also, I'm going to do, before the year is out, I'm going to do my top films of 2017. I always, I've, for years, I've done an Instagram post and Facebook post of my top films. And it always gets a lot of debate and discussion. And I thought that this year it'd be cool to do it as a podcast. And I've started to be ridiculously tight on it. So every film I've gone to to see this year, I've made a note of. So I've got a, a list in my notes of every film I've seen. And I've got stars by the ones I think are potentially going to be in my films of the year list. So yeah, I'll do that podcast. And that'll be cool. And then it'll be Drunk Cast time. Um, and the Drunk Cast this year is pretty special. It's a network special. So it's going to have Jim Smallman from... Tuesday Night Jaw, the owner, or, or one of three owners of, of Progress Wrestling, um, and great stand-up comedian and podcast host. Susie Gage, Dr. Susie Gage from the, the Say Why to Drugs podcast, who was also a guest recently on Hardcore Listing, picking her top five BBC comedies. Jason Reed from the, the Stop and Search podcast, who've had guests so far, including Robin Ince, Marcus Brigstock, uh, Rufus Hounds, some amazing people. And Chris and Stu from Hardcore Listing, who started off on the drunk cast. Now, here's where it gets fun. Susie is obviously a doctor, so she's going to hopefully bring a breathalyzer and also do some cognitive uh, brain tests along the way to see the effects of the alcohol on us as we get hammered and talk nonsense. Jim Smallman is straight-edged. So, obviously, he's not going to be drinking, but his dear friend and Progress Wrestling and UK Wrestling legend, the winner of this year's Tournament of Death in America, Jimmy Havoc, is going to be coming along to drink on behalf of Jim Smallman. And this is awesome because Jimmy Havoc is a much-requested guest from you guys. So, it's going to be a hell of a drunk cast. We're going to have our usual nonsense, but then we're also going to have... Some science thrown in there, some wrestling thrown in there, some people drinking on behalf of others. It's going to be a hell of a time. So I'm going to be putting them out kind of over over Christmas and New Year to give you plenty to listen to if you choose to. But equally, you're not going to miss any specific guests who are in at specific times, if that makes sense. But the Drunk Cast will be there for when you come back to work, if you're a listener on the way to work. But yeah, anyway, it's going to be them. They're going to be great fun. And then there's going to be tons of good ones in the new year i promise you i've got some really exciting guests lined up if you think we've ended the year strong with fassbender and russell howard and ashlyn b and armando iannucci and gene gray and johnny lee miller and oh man we've had it's a strong end to the year i think eddie Izzard. i think we can all agree it's a pretty strong end to the year um yeah, I'm continuing the new year in uh, equally a strong manner, trust me. So that's the plan. I'll get on with this podcast now. I got a chance to speak with Johnny Lee Miller when I was in New York a few weeks back, and we had a lovely, lovely chat. He's an absolute dude. I've been a fan of him for a long time, and we've we've kind of connected over social media a little bit. So uh, yeah, he's great, and this is, this is a great episode. I hope you enjoy it. I'll be back at the end i probably haven't got that much important to say i've rambled on like a maniac in the intro so feel free to oh no actually if you stick around at the end you might get one of my 
Pips Pod Picks, where I recommend new podcasts or podcasts you might not have listened to. So that's a new section at the end. I used to have adverts in there, but it's not a desired advertising slot because a lot of people don't don't listen to the end. And I have adverts at the start and stuff. So I decided I'd fill that slot. Instead of renting it out, I'd fill that slot with uh, some recommendations for you guys to find more podcasts and spread the love. So yeah, I'll be back at the end with all that stuff and I'll see you in a bit. Right, um, I'm joined today by Johnny Lee Miller. How are you, sir? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. And we're um, in New York, which is exciting. Out in, um, we're currently in my, in my suite in Brooklyn. I'm, I'm only here for two days. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm living so large. It's, yeah. It's not bad. But how are you? I'm very well, very well. You're having a bit of a run around Yeah, today. Today's, today's pretty, it's been pretty <laughs> hectic. We, I took me and my son went uh, training together. Mm-hmm. We went and did a little jujitsu, and Amazing. then we went home and washed. <laughs> Perfect. And then That's I dropped him done. off at a birthday party. So I've got this yeah. is this is I'm I'm I'm, sh- I'm showing you my f- phone. I have notes on my phone where I've planned it, and the first thing I've put is let's annoy your fan base and my fan base by starting off with discussing Brazilian jujitsu yeah. a bit. Because that's not what anyone wants to hear, but I do. Isn't so it? I yeah, do too. Yeah, I'll talk about that all day. <laughs> How long have you been have been rolling? And I've what, only been rolling for two it? years. Yeah, and you loving uh, it. I love it. I've always done martial arts. This this martial art, that martial art. I sort of, you know, uh, flitted around most of my youth trying to find one or find a school yeah. that I liked or yeah, which is key. Yeah, completely. Then I, I found a great school in London, and I, and I, which was kickboxing. Uh, and I did, you know, pretty much freestyle kickboxing for a few years. Yeah. You know, got fairly competent at it. Then I moved to the States and I, I just sort of dropped it because it, I, it that the school was so key to me. The people, yeah, completely. the vibe. And it was a very unique place there. It I think it has a friendly to be, place. Because you know? you have, it has to be somewhere that you're willing to go constantly. I know yeah. when I was briefly rolling, I stopped because of how, how busy I was. And I felt... I felt it disrespectful to be the guy that turns up every month or two. Do you know what I mean? I felt you you need to be there, if particularly you when you're starting make, off. You need to be there if you at least make once progress. a week, preferably twice a week, ideally three or four times yeah, a week. Yeah, you know, if you want to make any progress, yeah. especially. So, I mean, I've been flitting around, and then I found this Muay Thai gym in uh, on a, on my hiatus a couple of years ago. I found this Muay Thai gym, yeah. just you know, internet walked in friendliest people ever Amazing. and it just it's really become my social hub really yeah and then they have the jujitsu over there and i've always been like mm, jiu-jitsu, yeah yeah but you know i hear it's great here it's really effective i hear yeah. it's really this and that but i've always been like no i don't i don't i don't play with that you know it's not my thing and then <laughs> they run classes concurrently at the gym and you don't pay any extra for any of the other gyms so oh, eventually i was like you know try Try, I'm here. I'm trying jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And just loved it. I love it. Absolutely. Do I, do, so I do both now. Gi or no gi? Both. Both. Amazing. Because, um, again, I think that's what's... What, the only reason I started 
I rolled in was because I'm such a fan of watching MMA and watching Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu yeah. now. And so I was training to get a better understanding yeah. of, of, of what I'm watching. And it does. It gives you, you are far more excited watching the ground game Absolutely. if you know that that slight movement you're is watching giving them away. to try and gain position. You're, you're, you know, you're watching that yeah. progression of movement. But, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm 44 years old and, yeah. it's, and I'm one of the oldest guys at the, in the class uh, you know, but I just love that. I love, I love the idea of starting at the bottom again. Yeah. I love the idea of being, you know, uh, the new guy, the beginner. And I, I, something about me just relishes that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's humbling. Jiu-Jitsu has got so many metaphors for life, isn't it? So many parallels. 100%. keeps you humble because yep. somebody chokes you out, they choke you out. There's nothing you can do about it. You tap out. You have to surrender. Yeah. And, uh, I saw a, yeah, a, love a, it. a meme yesterday about that was just showing that um, it, it was a picture of like a bully beating up a nerd or something. It said, in jiu-jitsu, this never ends. It's, it's got um, a blue belt and a white belt and uh, doing that. And then at the end, it's just, then black belts will be doing that to black belts. It never, like that progression yeah, never yes, ends. No there's always somebody, there's always somebody better. But the the beauty of it as well, particularly gi, I've, I've never done a gi myself, but from what I've read is gi is puts it so much on technique so it doesn't matter if you're the oldest there the strongest there the weakest there it gets the the more if if, if you can develop that technique and skill yeah. it's such a it's a, a martial art that's, that's such a leveler it doesn't matter how big you are small you are yeah. if you've got the technique right yeah I, th- I think to a certain degree yeah to a certain degree um you know size size doesn't matter unless size knows how to fight yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yes in which of case course, of course it really matters yeah 100 percent. yeah um but you know, my, our teachers have always stressed uh, both gi and no gi complement each other. Yeah. And the thing I like about the gi is grips. Yeah. Of course. I love being able to frustrate somebody by holding on to them. I like to get that strong grip, and I like the feeling afterwards of having like numb fingers. Yeah. Um, you know, the absolute exhaustion of the arms after you've been. been yeah, exhaustion is pretty much well. everything. Yeah. yeah. How how long was it until you could actually? consciously do things on the mat because i always remember the first yeah, few times I, get, I'd, I'd rolled with mates and the first few times i went into a class all i was thinking of was try and stop him doing what he's trying to like rather than thinking anything more i was like oh what's he i always i, I rolled a tenth a planet in in la oh once, great yeah yeah um and literally like eddie brava had been saying i'll oh, just come down come down i'm like if you've got a beginner's class like just come down just come down and because they were so far ahead of me all i could think of was trying to stop them doing whatever they're doing. I was saying to Eddie afterwards, if the guy had known, all we would have had to do is try to not put me in a guillotine and I would have popped myself into it. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah, yeah. Just because yeah. I, I couldn't have any any logic in my head. It was like, oh, oh, where's he trying to put my arm? I don't want it to go there then, you know, rather than any actual tactics yeah, or calmness. It, it's, it's like they, they pretty much told us, you know, you'll be just confused and beaten up for a few months <laughs> and... It won't make any sense. We'll go over some techniques, then we'll move on to something else next week, and you won't remember it. But they, they, then the cycle of techniques sort of comes around, yeah. And it's really we we go live live rounds in your first class, yeah. So some schools don't do that, yeah. But we do half drilling and then live rounds, yeah. And you're in, you're in, yeah. The deep end because we're we're a young a young class. We're a, the gym is only been doing jujitsu for. No, I, th- I think they, maybe they've always had it, but it's sort of a youngish group. Yeah, like, there's yeah. no one who has been promoted to higher than blue belt out right. of that gym yet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The, um, anyone who's got a higher belt has been promoted somewhere else. 
Yeah, yeah, completely. And it's 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 an amazing sport for someone in your industry and in your position because it is an industry that there's going to be a tendency not n- n- not necessarily to develop an ego or anything like that but yeah. but but to get you could say you, that you will yeah but you will <laughs> get to the point completely where because of even on a realistic level if some if if you've got a hard long day on set you're yeah. going to have someone constantly are bringing you your drinks or bringing you your food or bringing you your coat or things like that in yeah. in between so that's just how it has to be to get the best out of your performance but that can then go into your mind as this as that's how life is so as soon as you get into the gym it's not that at all i run out i run <laughs> i run out of work when i can uh, if i don't you know if i'm not with my kid or whatever then yeah. I'll, I'll run out of work and i'll go there yeah. for me it's going it's it's like going to the pub yeah. used to be that's great because it's uh except without instead of drinking we're like learning something together and we still have the same kind of laugh probably more yeah i reckon yeah. well personally i yeah. you know yeah completely and more <laughs> and more coherently more more, more consistently i, I don't coherently. know about that <laughs> <laughs> push so so what has led you to new york what oh, oh when did you move out of here i moved here Five years ago, because that's a, a, a five a and a half move. years ago. Yeah, um, I was living in LA. I lived in LA for right. the last the seven years before that, straight. Yeah, and uh, I got a job. I got a, a job on a CBS show. Yep, and it shoots here, and that's why we moved here. It's and, as simple as that. It's easy, yeah. You know, been doing that same job ever since. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're probably coming towards the end of it, but I will stay here because. My son's in school here. He's a you know he's a New Yorker. He yeah. has a mind now, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I absolutely love it, and it's it was it was a lot better for me. Like I I don't I don't really dislike Los Angeles at all. Mm-hmm. I love it, and I've got some really good friends there. But uh, just being that that three thousand miles closer to the UK yep. makes communication with the UK a lot easier. It makes a and, big difference. And it, yeah. You know, it makes it easier to sort of go and see. Go back and see family and stuff yeah. makes a huge difference. It's that shorter trip, I think. I just and I like I like seasons. Yeah, and um, this city. New York is, is more British, isn't it? The more it's you more find, British. <laughs> it is actually, and the more you find out about the city, the sort of more surprising it is. I used to associate it with the place that you would come over from London and sort of have a mad time. Yeah, in the nineties, or you know, it was like it was a wild escape to the yeah. big city and we'd go nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's a very child-friendly city. Yeah. It's a great place to raise a kid. And it's sort of a maritime city as well. Right, yeah, of course. Which I really feel it's surrounded by water. There's boats going up and down everywhere, and yeah. bridges everywhere, and little ports everywhere, and ferries, and uh, it's got this real connection to the beaches yeah. in the neighbouring, you know, out here in Brooklyn and, um, you know, in Long Island. and yeah. Yeah, so much more to it's, it. It's, it. It has its, it's got so many different things in one. In as you said, the beaches and almost the kind of seaside culture, where yeah. Coney Island and stuff like that. And, yeah, and even if and you get those, out Jersey Shore and all that stuff, yeah. or whatever whatever your flavour is, whatever it is, it's there. Yeah. That's it. I think I love LA as well, but I think LA is probably as mixed culturally. But New York, that cultural mix is unavoidable. Yeah, like in LA, absolutely. there's like you can be in LA and well, only so, ever see white people or something like that. Whereas you come to New York and the cultural mix is just vast and amazing. I I did an hour's walk and just 
went through so many different communities and it was a beautiful thing you're, to see. You're absolutely right. You're forced to. And in, in, in LA, you uh, that's the reason I'd rather... I said it's still good in LA. My kid having it. Yeah, because you get cause... in your car and you've got to go, you've got to arrange who you're going to meet and where you're going to meet yeah. them. Yeah, like, and then you get in the car to get there. Yeah. So you sort of you miss it. You choose your own adventure. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and uh, in in New York, you're confronted with every, as you say, every different economic background yeah. just on your way to school yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like just getting on the subway, like you're forced to confront it. Yeah, yeah. So so um, you are you are you were saying you feel um, elementary is kind of come into its 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 conclusion well right? i'll be t- i touch wood i mean I f- yeah we've we've got a short season this year yeah usually we shoot 24 episodes right a year and this year where they ordered like 13 and it really depends on how the rest of cbs's new shows go yeah, sure, like of so we might get they might order an extra four or five for yeah. us um and then that might be it but they won't tell us that's definitely it yeah so we could we you know we could come back for season seven which i'd love to do but we just don't know. How, it might not be. How's it been? Because I think I, I, I remember at the time reading that you were cautious of taking it because of the of the UK sh- Sherlock yeah. that was being made. But it's it it makes me think of the of the American Office. In that I love the British Office, but the American Office became its own beast, and I absolutely adore that. It's hard to say if I like it more. I think I probably do like it more. But it's that it's that thing that it went off on its own and just. Yeah. Spanned out, and it's similar with Elementary, I think, because the UK Sherlock, you know, three episodes here, four episodes there, yeah. and you guys were really able to take it in a different direction, change the characters, change, keep the core and the root of of, of Sherlock Holmes, but you know, take it on its own a journey and adventure. Yeah, and and the base material, yeah, is. So uh, has been told so many. I mean, it's yeah, been told a lot before. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of different in your in your other sort of US uh, British interpretations in that way. Is the fact that it's got such a massive canon of work already yeah. behind yeah. it. The yeah. those characters, the modernisation bit. Yeah, yeah. That, that's you know that that's very you know that that was the main thing. But we've sort of been able to sort of fit that uh, serialised. Uh, idea that I mean that the, the Holmes books originally came out in I mean, serialized yeah, little course. mini stories and and in a weird way completely unintentionally I think network US network television sort of fit that yeah yeah completely because um, that's it uh, you make cute uh, little stories some of them are sort of standalone but there but there is an ongoing thread with all of the characters as well you know exactly those weird little mysteries and adventures in the individual episode mm. and then a couple of seasons in and you're like oh hang on I'm into this whole character and this all these yeah. individuals rather than just yeah. oh how did they do it and how's he going to figure this out yeah you know? I think they do a good job the writers doing, yeah. doing that but. it's great so um, let's kind of go, go, go all the way back you grew up in in the UK right in, in London yeah in Kingston in Kingston yeah Kingston yeah. upon Thames and nice and, and was acting always as, as something you you wanted to do because your dad was an actor, so it was kind of it was in the family as yeah, such. Yeah, my but. dad really was a state was an actor for a minute, but he was a stage manager, as right? Was, as was my mum, um, but um, my granddad was an actor. Yeah. So yeah, like you're always like you follow right around the you're on the you're on the inside of like something. My yeah. dad worked at the BBC. Yeah. As a as a sort of floor manager, uh, in charge of a group of floor managers, uh, like assistant directors kind yeah. of thing 
so we were always going there and seeing behind the scenes and watching like Top of the Pops get recorded. Amazing. And, yeah, yeah, really amazing. And Grandpa was in like a lot of Bond movies and stuff. So I think you got a sort of connection to that world. And then, I don't know, it was just from being at... Uh, you, you kind of either have that like gene or you don't really. Yeah. Like, you, like the, the little uh, school plays and getting up and performing was never really scary to me it was sort of empowering i'm yeah. quite you know i was a pretty chilled out outgoing little boy i got like much shyer much later right 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 <laughs> that's kind of a good yeah. a good way around to do it have that fearlessness yeah to start things off right um but yeah i think from like super early age yeah. that's it that's what i was going to do really it must have is- been great to have that exposure to seeing the behind the scenes because most people will only see the finished product on the yeah. TV. So getting that exposure would let you know, is it acting I want to do? Is it is it camera work? Is it lighting? Is it directing? And getting to see all of that, or the realities of it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, not not so much of it. Like, a, you know, I think in the theatre as well, I really got to see, like, how that worked. Yeah. Which was, which was key. And theatre's a huge part of my life. Yeah. But, yeah, it was always really going to be, like, acting. Now it's like, no, I just I just directed, actually. Yeah. <laughs> First time I was like, I should have done that earlier. And how was that? Oh, it's just brilliant. Loved it, it. it. It seems like there's there's so many things, again, in every industry, but, but particularly in this industry, that you can spend ages telling yourself, oh, I don't know how to do that, or I can't do that. Yeah. And then you do it and go, oh, no, I do. I think... But particularly someone who's been in, who's been directed a lot. Like, you, you do know how to well, do that because you've experienced it. Someone who's sort of been, you know, mentored me, uh, the great thing about, you know, where I work now, and that is that it affords you the opportunity. I direct an episode of Elementary. Amazing. So the, I'm working with people that, I've, that I know, that are with on sets that I know, not all of them, but, like, the, the sets that we have built. Like, I know yeah. how they work. I know I can look at angles. So all the a day, safe environment as well. For over a you know? hundred and something episodes, I've been looking at stuff and thinking, well, I'd like to do it. I'd do it. I'd do this that way. Yeah. And someone said to me, look, you know, you, you've been, you know more than you think you do. And then you realise that, but, but part of me also needed to watch for 35 yeah. years. 100%. 100%. Again, a Oh, what a great way to, uh, to learn, right? Having that in front of you and yeah. seeing... And again, it's that's a, a great point of seeing what your instinct says, I wouldn't have done it like that. Exactly. So not and only it, seeing what how people do it and what's good, but also going, I would have done that differently. Yeah, and you've again got to step up and test yourself and say, all right then, you think yeah. you know how... You think you know, you think you know how to do it. Yeah. You better do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I did. And... Um, and uh, I just absolutely loved it, and I found it like way more relaxing. Yeah, um, you've got sort of you've got more you've got more responsibility, but less pressure in right. a way because you know the, the the active performance is like everything. It's all like it's all bullshit, 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 bullshit. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, and go. And like everything's wrong. This this you know stand here, do that. Oh noise, wait, hang on, and be Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, and. Uh, I find that quite quite stressful because yeah. you got to learn lines <laughs> yeah. and then everyone's looking at you and you've got to get it right. But in, in, in being sort of more in charge of the whole thing and yeah. being involved in every aspect of it, from casting to what the props look like to the locations that we use to, yeah. to I mean, talking to the actors and getting them to do it sort of comes... <laughs> yeah comes afterwards and, yeah. and then you know i'm already working with a group of actors that really know what they're doing yeah. as long as you cast people that know what they're doing you know that's 
most of the thing. But I found it super relaxing and sort of invigorating and really connected me to the whole project again. Yeah, that's great because you're, you're, in a way, you've got longer to get your head around it all because you're yeah. looking at it from so much further early on. Whereas yeah. like, when you're just acting it, you'll be getting the sides or whatever, however long in advance. Whereas if you're... Yeah, when we the direct thing, an episode, you, you, you start really prepping... really got your head around it. start prepping the episode when they start shooting the episode before. Yeah. So um, I was doing both for a minute. I was acting in the oh, episode wow. before whilst prepping the episode I was directing. That's intense. And now I'm editing right. the episode I shot and we're shooting Whilst well. filming the next one. <laughs> yeah. So I walk on set, I just talk nonsense because I'm like, what, episode, what are we doing? Who's dead? <laughs> it's the madness of... of of TV and I don't know if it's specifically American I guess it's TV in general that it always feels like so much is going on at once and over here where a lot of shows are airing as they're filming and stuff like that it's all that happens here yeah it doesn't happen in the UK I don't think no but the the first series I did was called The Bastard's Execution it was was filmed in the UK but it was it was for FX and I was Mm. I hadn't been told like I had a small role so I hadn't been told like when it was starting I was like so when's this looking like it might it might come out? And they're like, oh, episode one starts on on Sunday. And I was like, <laughs> what? We're filming episode four at the moment. Like, yeah, how's, yeah. how's that the case? Yeah, they, they roll, because we, we start a, norm, a normal network show, yeah. for example, which is like 20-something episodes, yeah. much longer than uh, your cable or Showtime, whatever. That'll start shooting in, in maybe in the July or August and then if it come if it premieres in the fall, yeah. sorry, autumn. Yep. <laughs> by the time that you're always you're like way ahead. Yeah. But then by the time the end of the season rolls around in May, April. Yeah. April, May, you're literally it's really like down to the wire. Yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah. So is 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 that something you see yourself doing a lot more of? Yeah, the, a directing. Yeah, I'd love now to direct something. I'd love to direct something that I'm not in. Yeah, because yeah. you know, I just, I would. That's what I would, would really enjoy it when I could get out of the costume and really focus on the job yeah. at hand. And and I think that's important to do. Um, I'd much rather do that. And yeah. uh, you know, it's one of my dreams is to like make a movie. You know, yeah. got you know, got stuff in my head and. Um, yeah, that's one of my dreams. Now I know that I can. Like it's amazing yeah. when you get those little pieces. Like, oh, now I can go ahead and I know I'll, I know I'll achieve it one day. It's that verification, it. isn't it? It's going. Oh, you can. So now the pressure's all on you to go yeah, right. Now I need not, to, to get it to there. But I know yeah. I can now. I can yeah. know it's going to happen. Like amazing. if I hadn't taken that step, I sort of for for four years doing elementary, five years was too too scared to do it because I didn't want to like do two jobs rubbish. I yeah, wanted to do yeah, one yeah, job yeah. really well. But I didn't <laughs> yeah, want to do yeah. two jobs not that great. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but then I've watched Lucy do it. Lucy Lou, she yeah. she directed her first episode in season two. She's done one yeah. a year for that. Amazing. And so I was watching her and I was thinking, you know, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. If I don't do it, I'll regret it for the rest yeah. of my life yeah. in this environment, you know. And what and, and what a safe environment uh, well, exactly. uh, to do it in because it's it's the crew a crew a crew you know and yeah, trust they, you and, know. They, and they're all rooting for me and, and the director of photography I have a really good relationship with yeah. me and him we had a great time yeah you know it's the perfect situation yeah, to, exactly to get into it so so what was you, 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 your your route into acting then exposed at an early age did you find yourself or did you find stage first or 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 or, or film and TV. With a school stage, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. But, <laughs> yeah. but that that actually led to uh, a, a fairly a fairly uh, 
a, an incredible organisation called the National Youth Music Theatre, mm-hmm. who are responsible for the likes. It's where I met my best friend Jude Law, mm-hmm. and that they sort of did a co thing with my school. And um, when we were like I was like twelve years old, yeah. and um, they would come and they came and did a play there, sort of the school play. But then we uh, sort of re-auditioned and they brought a national cast into this production, which we had workshopped and and uh, developed, really. Yeah. It was an original piece. And then we took it to the Edinburgh Festival. And then we ended up taking it, you know, a bunch of different places. And I sort of stayed with that company uh, for like four or five years. And they would work only in school holidays. So it wasn't, yeah. not professional. It's amateur. But what an amazing experience to go and, and do that at the Fringe yeah, and, and stuff like that. Oh, at the Fringe and we went to the, like, you know, to Devon and all kinds of places, Greece, Norway. Wow. Um, all in school holidays. So you'd meet all these kids from all over the UK. Yeah. Um, it, it's produced people like uh, Matt Lucas was, was in the yeah. MYMT, uh, Eddie Redmayne. Yeah. Sally Hawkins. Oh, wow. Uh, t- uh, to name but a few. I'm, I'm Jude, um, but I'm, I'm missing... Uh, I'm missing a bunch as well. It's really, it was really incredible sort of time. Yeah. And that was really like an education. It was, yeah. it was a stage education, touring, performing, workshopping, really, um, it's like going to drama school without studying classics and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, just um, on the job learning. On the job learning. You know? Yeah. Child labor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but again, it's, it's, it's great that that's available in, in, in this industry. Cause again, you generally, you have, have work experience and stuff like that and 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 stuff where you'll go and and learn a trade so why not in acting and performing really it was really the brainchild of a man called jeremy james taylor and uh he it it was really down to him really and oh yeah we did four or five years with that and then i had i actually had an agent when i was i got an agent when i was like nine or ten wow because i don't know how did that happen I don't know, somebody in, in Kingston, like in the neighbourhood or whatever, she ran a kid's agency. Right. My mum heard about it. So we went along and I got, I went along, talked to her and then I got a couple of little jobs. This is like before the school youth theatre thing. Yeah. And I was on like three shows, like little speaking parts. Yeah. And got an equity card. Like and back then, you, you, you couldn't just get, you couldn't just join a union no. to work and you had to get a number of hours. So I got my hours and I got my union card, like oh, wow. 1982 or something. Yeah. So I was sort of set up and yeah. then I stayed at that kids agency. So without working, we forgot about that. I just did this amateur theatre stuff and then when, when I, when I, went, I left school at like 16 after my GCSEs, and uh, I wasn't going to go to drama school because I had this card. I had an agent and a card. I'm like, what am I going to go to drama school for? Like, you've already. I'll just like, and we've been. It. I've been touring, yeah. so I'm going to just crack on and go to auditions and stuff. And so I got like a like a menial job and started going to auditions. There's definitely a logic in that in in anything in the arts, and that's not to discredit going and doing the arts in education, but in in so many of them, it's about your experience and your portfolio and stuff like that. So why go somewhere and they say, oh, I've signed off that you that you can act. You can't exactly. then take that into an audition and go, I don't need to 
audition. I've got my certificate no, that says exactly. I can act. You've still got to go on tape and exactly. and, and, and do it right. And so. you need representation. People are doing. People go to drama school because they because their agents are scouring it and they want that they go there yeah. and they they uh, that's how they get an agent. Yeah, yeah. And that's how they get auditions. And if you've already and got the exactly. agent and you're already getting the auditions, then yeah. So it snowballed like that from there, really, and it was like a typical... Um, it's the British route, isn't do, it? It's I the Bill Casualty... Minder. Minder. Inspector Morse. M- oh, in they're amazing. Oh, yeah, I, don't know. I did the Bill twice. Twice. You have to wait 18 months before you can be someone else. Was that, I was going to say, was it as two separate characters? <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. There's a time that. cycle. Brilliant. Two, two miscreants. Um, <laughs> yeah, I had an epileptic fit in a cell on the Bill. Amazing. Wicked. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, Minder, uh, you know, like, uh, worked with John Thor on Inspector Morse, like yeah. a couple of lines at the uni. Amazing. Um, yeah, good old days. Again, I, Casualty. I, yeah, I love those kind of staples of the amount of people I talk to who I've watched loads of their work, I've adored their work. As, as soon as I'm preparing for this and go on IMDb, there's... EastEnders, Casualty, yeah. The Bill, and all of these oh, kind I was of in EastEnders as well. Yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> so, so you've got the collection. Or, or, <laughs> or, or, or that's in the south. If you go on the other side, it's Corrie and Brookside and yeah. and Bread and, and all these other ones that yeah, are up yeah. there that are the staples of it. So that's a, a great mix. So how was it after that? Because what it appeared from me as as a film fan was that you appeared overnight and yeah. was huge, but that obviously wasn't the case if you were doing all of these kind of gradual progressions no not not at all not at all no I mean I've done I did I did you know what I even like my timeline's all messed up as well but (laughs) I mean I did years of those little parts yeah then I uh, sort of when I was 19 I I switched agencies and I did um, I was doing theatre at uh, I did a play called Beautiful Thing at the Bush Theatre which was you know what I mean? The old Bush Theatre. Right. But yeah. the pub and Shepherd's Bush. Yes, it's, yes, It's yes, moved yes, now, yeah. I think. Um, uh, did a couple of plays. Went with a grown-up agent. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, actually, like, I got a movie called Hackers. Yeah. And that was the first thing I did. That was it. I remember kind of... Movie. I remember 95 and, and 96, that Hackers came out and was so cool and so on point and advanced and futuristic and then train spotting came out after that and it was just these two a double hitter of wow well, this well, is that's funny that you remember that because i think what i think what happened is like i shot hackers first and train spotting yeah. and then but but um train spotting ended up coming out first oh really yeah and then i was always bummed because <laughs> you know I, like i thought hackers was pretty good hackers is like better now yeah than it was then yeah I remember at the time got being this cult thing. really into it. Exactly. It had that kind of but cult at the time, exciting, at the time, it was really like, you know, it wasn't as well received. And, right. and everyone thought that after train spotting, I went off to the United States <laughs> and, and did, and did, and this, did a this well movie. Yeah. Um, but it was not the case. Uh, um, Hackers was first, then train spotting. And so, then, uh, so how was it when train spotting came out? Because genuinely just iconic and sick boy being one of the standout characters and roles in that and that must have been an amazing thing to be part of as your first big thing really i guess yeah or to um, come out at least i don't know what's weird is you know it's like uh what's what's weird is i i i was sort of running around the globe chasing 
chasing my soon-to-be wife at the time, you know. Yeah. And uh, I just ignored everything else that was going on. Oh, really? And 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 I yeah disappeared to LA for like two years. Yeah. In the mid nineties. Yeah. And uh, like I wasn't. I mean, I, I remember being at the premiere of uh, Train Spotting in Glasgow, and then going back to uh, to America, um, and uh, just I just sort of missed everything really. Oh, I, wow. I, I thought. And I didn't really want to know, and I, I, people, opportunities were coming my way, but I was like squandering them like properly. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. In, um, uh, and why was that? A focusing elsewhere? Bad behaviour. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot Again, of bad behaviour. Because that was it. I, I, I remember both of those films at the time, and it being very much a, what the hell is ahead for this, particularly a, tr- a tr- train spot in that whole ensemble cast, everyone in it, you were like, wow. Yeah, I turned, down a, I turned down a lot of good parts after that, which I won't name. Yeah. But I, like, I took, because, because, because they all went to, you know, great actors. Yeah. But I turned down a few things, because I've always had problem seeing, or at the time I did, I had yeah. a problem sort of seeing what the, the next good move was, or what was good for me, or what I really wanted to do in my right, life. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I was a bit messed up, really, to be honest with you. Not living very healthily. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. Oh, it's all thrown at you all at once, isn't it? To go from not necessarily being that known to People... a train spot. And, and there was, I mean, it is worth mentioning that there was a big celebrity relationship there as well, which again, it just pushes everything to the forefront. And maybe you were unaware of that because you're in LA, but particularly in the UK, how big train spotting was and how iconic it was. There's, yeah. That's a lot. And you were the, whilst. There was a lot of amazing characters, and obviously, a, a Ewan was clearly in that lead. Your character was the charming, handsome kind of character, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's very much that, even though it's an ensemble piece, that was the one that you would single out and go, "A look at this guy." I mean, you know? I just, uh, yeah, I, I was. It made it made me a lot of friends. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a good time. Yeah, but uh, but. <laughs> But it's like it wasn't like um, career-wise. Yeah. My door wasn't being knocked down, and right. and, and, and uh, you, you sort of what happens is you get asked to sort of play that part again in a yeah. number of other projects. Of course, and then you just you sort of say no. I remember reading one script it was like something, and you know it was like literally like the blonde hair kind of cool dude, but like not as well written. Right, <laughs> I've know? done that. I was like, yeah. no, I'm not. You know. So there was a lot of that. A lot of that goes on in this business, probably still, still to this day. You know, yeah, that that happens. You're in a big breakout movie is one thing, but then you've got these big ideas of yourself. Yeah. Your ego's on fire. Like, no, I'm an actor. Yeah. I'm going to be Robert De Niro, and I'm going to completely transform myself. Yeah, I'm going to be. I'm, I'm Daniel Day Lewis. You, you just don't know it. Yet. You've seen one of my characters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I've got. Did you see me in, seven more. in the bill? <laughs> exactly. Twice. Twice. Did you see bill. two of them? In the bill. Do it. No, you didn't, because I disappeared. <laughs> You didn't see it. <laughs> That's perfect. So, so, what was the kind of what? Do you feel there was a point that kind of you you reined yourself in, or you you got hold of things, or or was it kind of at that point just a bit of a spiral and a bit of a bit of a spiral? There disappeared to LA for a couple of years, came back ninety seven. Yeah. Mm. You know, I, I and I worked pretty good. I that's when I, I did a movie. Um, that's when I did this movie Plunkett and McLean. Yep. Yep. You know, which was a decent effort. 
and I felt you know, reuniting with with Robert, with, yeah. with, with Robert, yeah, and uh, yeah, sort of. You know, I've always I've always worked. I think I did go for like a period of of time not working, but like a a year once was the longest, and it was it was just you know a mixture of sort of it not being right for me because I don't know I don't know what I was thinking, but. It's a, it's and then and, and then I you know I found I found stuff sort of dried up for me in the UK. So right. that's why I ended up in the states. Yeah, I mean it really did through you know through you know mostly my fault I, I imagine initially. But then you're right. like, wait a second, you know, um, and I just I wasn't really firing on all cylinders. I sort of need I needed to to straighten my life out as well. Really, it's, I need to get my head straight. It's an interesting one because transferring over to the the states in in many ways I would see would open you up. To more roles, because regardless of what you t- you took or didn't take in the UK, there would be certain roles that, because of the success of Train Spotting and Ooms Ovens, that y- you were seen as too big f- for that role or too big well, to be that character. Whereas in America, you can kind of go, "Is it a good character? And is it something I want to do?" Regardless of, is it the lead? Is it the support? Is it this or that? Um, I, I was still having like um, theatrical success, theatre yeah. success. Like yes, I did, of uh, did a play Festin at the Almeida and. Uh, 2003 I've always I've always been I've always like been super lucky with theatre like yeah. I don't I don't do it all the time but when I do it I like I've, I've got like a I like I'll only do it because I read a play and it's like I must do it and it's yeah, and it, the play is like knock me for six and then I get very lucky with the directors that I've worked with on stage yeah. you know and it's always they're all all of the projects I've ever done in theatre all of them have been really, really special to me and I'm just super proud of and them really and I can't a- say that in other mediums do you know what I mean and really acclaimed as well and I think the thing that will maybe catch people off guard who don't who, who, who knew you only as this guy that seemed to appear out of nowhere they won't know that your family have been in theatre for a long time yeah. you've grown up around this you've been on stage you've, yeah, you've toured yeah, yeah. things so the, there, there will be that element of of surprise that that's an area that you're almost more experienced initially than oh yeah than film and TV or more at home at the very I'm to- least still more at home yeah yeah and as far as uh, you were saying about the character and yeah yeah um, I always see myself as like a character actor yeah and I know a lot of guys that do I've you know even a few years ago I was just trying to get like. I'd read his scripts and I'd go, uh, I want to play that part, that, the funny, weird one. Yeah. I, and then, you know, the producers would be like, no, we just see him as more of a leading man. And you're like, fucking hell, well, no one's going to give me, no one's giving me leading man parts. Yeah, sure. So can I be, can I, because uh, I could do a really good job. Like, just try and, try and look past that, you know? Yeah. Um, but people are very, a lot of the time, they're very, they're very, um, they're not creative with the way they look at, what you can do they call yeah, you a good actor they say to your face you're a great actor yeah but then they don't necessarily allow you to really go to town on something to go and push things and go in unusual directions yeah. and you've try. got to show up and that's when guys really you've got to show up I guess like transformed yeah or people aren't yeah. going to see it or I mean I, I remember saying um, and we'll get to train spot in two but we've got a lot in between that. I remember seeing on one of the interviews off the back of that, where you were saying how how one of the guys didn't know th- that you weren't Scottish until you got back somewhere, or or you spoke yeah, in your normal no, voice. And it, there was it, this it, shot. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That shows the, the <laughs> you and Brenner. Yeah, the kind of that shows the the deception of it almost of, of becoming. 
that character and going, look, I'm not what you might have thought I am. I can be this. I can be... And that's acting, right? Yeah, but back then it was, you know, that's that's the beauty of being young and starting out and, you know, really being unknown. And, yeah. and uh, you can pull that stuff. <laughs> I did it. You know, if you can get by in a pub in Glasgow. Yeah. And then I, it was the only way I was going to get a confident, uh, a good Scottish accent was to yeah. just do it all the time and be in Scotland and and do that. Although I did, I did it. I was then doing a, a movie called Regeneration yeah. with um, James Wilby, right? <laughs> and uh, I was supposed to be talking in a in a Newcastle accent. And we went out for dinner one night, and I was doing it. I was doing my same thing because like, that's what I do. That's what I knew. That's yeah. how I knew to be successful with accents was to do them all the time. And he just he was like, "Can you stop talking like that?" I like, no, you don't talk like that. It's just weird. It's just I was like, oh, sorry, throwing me. Sorry, it's <laughs> amazing. So I mean, we've skipped over one I wanted to touch on. A love on an obey was another one that I remember that coming out and just being a huge kind of cult hit and a huge excitement. And working with Jude, who again had you worked. Not together really. and- we had done a soap opera called Families in Manchester. Right. He was in that, like a regular... Yeah. When, God, that must have been like early 90s. Right. And then I did an episode of that with him. Yeah. But that was it. Yeah. So this this was the first time... Uh, yeah, that was that was chaos. Really? Yeah, we didn't have a in script. In what way? Right, oh, wow. No scripts. It was all, that film is all improvised. Wow. Which I think you can tell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's rough around the edges. Right, yeah. It's all improvised. It was a bunch of mates. It was my mate Dominic, uh, his sort of brainchild. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, it, it was a lot of fun. But that's why it's so rough around the edges. Yeah. There was a, there was a basic story, but no, you know, we just, just fill in the blanks. and ho- hope, hope for the best. Yeah, they did an interesting movie called uh, Final Cut. Yeah, I loved Final Cut. Which, I had that on, I I had that on really video. Good. I had both of them on really video. Good. That yeah, shows really how. Yeah, really good. Yeah, but yeah, I thought that was a was it was a great film. interesting. And you know, they're they're they they were the Operation Good Guys yeah. people. Yeah, you know? yeah, which is a really good series. Very yeah. funny. Yeah, it was great. And that's what was interesting because Final Cut and Love on an Obey weren't comedy and weren't. Fu- do you know what I mean? They were yeah. dr- dr- dramatic things, and I was recognising guys from Operation Good Guys and stuff like that. Yeah, going, yeah, yeah. All right, this is dr- 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 dramatic and harsh and heavy, and you know. I suppose so. You know what? It's been a long time since I've seen it. I have, I haven't really, because I was sort of like, what? Uh, I wasn't sure, you know. Um, but if I, you get into a taxi, if I get into a taxi cab in London, yeah, royalty, yeah, just because of that, not because yeah. of anything else. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It's the cab driver's number one movie. Yeah, of course it is. And what's great there, and it just it jumped out at me as something I can relate to, is I'll have people every now and then quote my lyrics to me online. Mm. And if it's songs I've not that's not made it into the live set, I've forgotten them. Because the last time I said those lyrics was eight years ago. Yeah. When that was recorded. And with a film like Love on Obey, when it was so improvised... Yeah, it's not like you're going to have sat down and, and, and popped it on on the TV at the weekend. So what other people have watched over and over again and got to know, you said in the spur of a moment 20 yeah, years yeah, ago or 10 yeah, years ago, however exactly, long ago, exactly, and it's like, exactly. I don't really know what you're, happened what in that film. I don't really remember that film at all. No. I love it. It's just, so how was it... So, so, so how did you, you find... Escaping to America as such, and and and, and progressing there. Brilliant. I mean, I I, um, I love America, and I love Americans. Yeah. And uh, I, it's sort of one of my uh, 
feel they're misrepresented all the time. Yeah. The the real the real people, you know, yeah. and and well, my one of my basic tenets of life is that people are all the same anywhere actually. Yeah. They're the same absolutely everywhere yeah. you go. Um there's just different sort of general shifts. Yeah. Um if you clump everybody together, you get a general shift, but you separate people out, you know, they're the same. Yeah, I completely. Think. Yeah, and, and they just sound different, and they sort of have different customs, but they're the same, and they they laugh, and they have the same sense of humour as and this different, yeah. you know, certain things. But Americans are so uh, they have a, uh, an enthusiasm, yeah. really, in in the business, which I felt I was missing, and I, and I, and I feel I feel it's a much tougher business in London, and sort of a more cynical business in London. Yeah. But then and people, it, people, you know, people are like, "No, you shouldn't do that." Or this, this is rubbish. This is that in in the UK, but in America, they'll they'll give it a shot. Yeah, um, but I think that's I, where people think or or misconceive a falseness because there is that excitement to give things a try, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's not a guarantee of anything. Uh, uh, yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah, Mis- that, misconstrue it as as, as um, bullshit. Yeah, it's like yeah. no, they're g- g- genuinely excited about a lot of stuff when it's stuff that you should be excited about. Yeah. You, you're making films, you're making TV shows. That should be exciting. And from a selfish point of view, I was I was like, I went over there and people were like, oh my God, we're so excited to see you. Oh, what about this project? Oh, look at this. Yeah. Oh, you'd be great for this. Oh my God, you're so, you know. Whereas my experience of the UK, whether I'd painted myself into that corner or not, yeah. was not that at all. Right. So yeah. I'm like, okay. So I went over in 95 <laughs> and like, in autumn 95 and... By 2006, I'm shooting a TV show with Ray Liotta, right? Yeah. And uh, it was a CBS show um, called Smith. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I was like, he's the lead, but I'm like one of the regulars. Yeah. And it was amazing. We only lasted seven shows. Wow. Because it was too expensive. Right. Um, so the studio cut it, like dropped it. Um, but still it was it was brilliant experience and there we were and then and then um and then I met somebody and I'm like moved in with them and then I got this other project landed on my desk uh, my desk I didn't have I don't have a desk <laughs> I said that in my lap there you go. in your lap yeah uh, called Eli Stone and this was like a promotion because yeah. it was like to the um it actually didn't land in my lap it was the audition that did yeah I had to audition for it I had to audition for the studio heads and I got it and that was a lead role and we ended up uh, doing we were going to do a whole season but there was a writer's strike oh wow yeah <laughs> so we only did half a season but I was working at I was working at Buena Vista Stages in Disney uh, you know which is Disney yeah uh, for on an ABC show in the um, lead <laughs> yeah and, and like I know I sound like oh look at me but these things are not lost on me like when I'm driving out of the lot Completely. When I'm driving out of the lot and it's like Walt Disney Studios on the thing, I'm like, I'm like, fucking, I can't believe it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. I pinch myself every day, and I'm still like that. And it's such a British thing to feel you have to justify your excitement. There. No, no, Do you know really, what I mean. Like, you know, it is, it is that yeah. thing that will be like, oh, you don't uh, boast, don't this is. Like, no, it should be. You should be amazed. You should be coming up and going, look, I've just done this thing with Ray Liotta. How mental is that? And yeah. then. If you're this. not, if you're not blown away by it, yeah, you're a dick. Yeah, completely. <laughs> Sorry, completely. But, so, so is there a language of, thing on? This, no, by there's the way. not. No, okay. we can. I'll try and keep it down, but it's fine. It's fine. So that kind of that that was you know a good pro- pro- progression on 
on network TV, I guess. Um, I, I remember you popping up in Dexter, which again, that was a oh yeah, that was a huge show. <laughs> and and how was that to kind of again jump in on? Again, I'm standing there because they shoot Dexter in in LA. Yeah, they make it look like Miami, Miami yeah, incredibly. Yeah. But I'm there, like I had to do a scene uh, where I'm walking to like the police precinct. Yeah, because I've, the character visited the precinct, and I'm walking in there, and there's Jennifer Carpenter who plays the thing, and there's Desmond Harrington, the detectives. There's all the ones there, and fucking Dexter's down there, and I'm like in, and and um, David Zayas who plays the angel, you know, with the hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. all there. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe this is weird. Yeah. Keep it together, you know. Don't suck. Yeah. Um. So that was amazing, and that, that was it. Was a lot of fun to do that part as well. It was. It's uh, great. It was that um, excitement. Sh- it should never ever go. You, yeah. Before we were doing this, I met up with S- Stephen Graham for lunch, who I oh, did yeah. a little a, a TV thing last year, and we're doing more next year. And he was he's over here, and it's announced and everything. But he's doing a film with Al Pacino, yeah, Robert they, De Niro, they love him, here, and Harvey Keitel, and yeah, and all of these. And he was saying how nervous he was walking in, and I said to him. You realise that that was me on my first day on Taboo with you and Tom Hardy. I'm walking and going, this is Stephen Graham and Tom Hardy, and they're absolute legends. I was like, and look how you treated me and how welcoming you were. That's all it is now. They're going to be as open to you and as excited about you. And he kind of was like, oh, yeah, I guess it is. I guess that is. It's just, there's always, it's, we're hope, bringing it back to jiu-jitsu. Nice uh, there's always... <laughs> Yeah. Belts above you. Yeah, yeah, there's levels to this game. So there's, 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 there's always a point game, where you man. become an, a white belt, and that should be exciting. And that should be nice, and yeah, I love it. So, so uh, which one was I going to go to? Uh, uh, I, oh, I was, I was, was going to move on to elementary, but we've talked about that. Yeah. But how was that to to get that again? It's a it's a lead in a, a, a massive a network show, right? Yeah, and. Uh... I was like, because Eli Stone, we got the writer's strike and then, so we didn't do that season. And right. then the next season, we did come back for season two, but mm-hmm. we got, we got the axe halfway through that. So I was like, oh, wow. um, and I, I just, I, I had a kid. We just had a kid. I just bought a house. I was the like. The pressure there, yeah. Yeah. It was like, I mean, I gave myself backups, like I, I figured it out financially. Like yeah. I, had, I had a plan, but that was the worst scenario that yeah. could happen. It's like lose your job, your like well-paying job. Oh, um, US TV is known for that kind of so promise we, in the world and then it can be pulled away from us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we didn't like put, put ourselves uh, in a position of that vulnerability, but we did have to like, it was mm, tighten the purse strings yeah. time. And... I was uh, so when this came along, I mean, it was just like sent from heaven. And I said no initially. I said no because of oh, there's a Sherlock thing on British yeah. TV right now. I can't be doing that. And then I came to my senses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got my head out of my ass. Yeah. I was like, what does it matter? I mean, you know, this could be security for for my family. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. Like lots of people have done Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It what, doesn't matter. Were there any, any elements of looking back of, at where you were saying in the 90s there were roles that you were turning down a left, a left, right and centre and maybe it was the right choice, maybe it wasn't? Or was there an element of looking back at that and going, man, some of them turned out to be really good. What am I doing here? No, because I think... You know, why uh, am I overthinking this? Yeah, I think if you... Um 
well you know not to get like deep or anything but if, if you if if you regret any of those decisions then you obviously are not happy with where you are yeah and and totally. i i might not have this uh, you know i met someone and have a beautiful child with them yeah. and he might not be the same person yeah, if i'd have, have if i said yes to you know yeah <laughs> whatever. whatever i mean it just you can't it's Completely. got to be how it was. Yeah, it all opens doors for different opportunities down yeah, the line, and different, not, not only in your career, but in your personal life yeah. and everything. Yeah, and uh, I'm just wouldn't change a thing. I mean, I've made some poor decisions in my yeah. life, <laughs> buckets of them. Yeah, but wouldn't change it. Anything. It's got you to where you are. You've you've had to make those mistakes yeah. to be to be where you um, are now, and uh, to have this op- opportunity and, and play this part. I think I've played. I think I've played Sherlock Holmes more than any other person on the, on the planet. That's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> By a long shot as yeah, well. Yeah, of like, course, because they do... Yeah. They, they, every other kind of iteration tends to pick one or two of the of the main stories and they seem to remake them or whatever else. But yeah, yeah in little bursts. Whereas well, we've done... The we've way, done the, way a, the US TV works, that's not going to happen. You're going to be doing a lot of episodes. <laughs> we've done 126 episodes. Oh, wow. She's like, you know, and made enough, that's enough for like 30 feature films. Yeah, that's amazing, <laughs> isn't it? So, so that was kind of, that was a saving, a, a grace really, or, 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 or a perfectly timed yeah. moment, right? Both, yeah, both yeah. both of those things. And and, uh, and also it got us, it got us out of LA and it was, that wasn't uh, my other half at the time, she wasn't getting on great with LA I yeah. don't think it's a tough town for for uh, women in for f- female actors you yeah. know it's um, anyway brought us to New York which is just wonderful yeah and um, it's been be- good for my kid and and me and to have this job you know it's like really tough at times to yeah. do the same thing like do the same character over and over again yeah but you're, you're doing it like you're not doing the same material. It's not like being in a play for five years, right, getting up stage and doing yeah, the same yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. You're playing the same character, but with different material. Yeah. Um, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully the variations there. Uh, but yeah, um, and, and that's been really good. We get amazing actors come through. Like, sometimes you don't, you don't get, you read, you don't pay attention to the call sheet that much a lot all yeah. the time. So you don't see the names of the other actors that are playing the parts that are coming through. Yeah. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And you'll turn up on set and it's someone you know off the telly yeah. or you've watched when you were a kid yeah. in movies. Yeah. Like the you dude from, oh, dude from Blade Runner or, yeah. uh, you know, this person, that person. And you're like, oh my God, it's so-and-so. Yeah. I worked with a bloke from the Dukes of Hazard last year. Amazing. <laughs> believe it. And, and the thing with stuff like <laughs> that as well is there will be characters that, are hugely important to you from TV shows that that you've never n- necessarily known who the actor is. Do you know what I mean? And, th- and things like that. So it is they they'll just appear. I I did mm. I did a film like earlier this year called Walk Like a Panther, and genuinely, almost everyone on that call sheet has been in a show that I watched growing up or was yeah. was a fan. It was it was one of them where I'm literally like, that's who that that's. Yeah. Just, just amazing to be surrounded by all these all yeah. these people yeah you're sitting there going I know this bloke I know this bloke yeah. I fucking know this bloke but I can't and then it, <laughs> you penny drops you're like <laughs> yeah I love it so, I mean, so Ian, and we shoot all over the city and that's been another thing it's like it's not just we don't we have a, we have a stage um, 
in uh, Long Island City where yeah. we have the inside of the brownstone Sherlock yeah. and Jones house and and the police precinct is built there as well yeah. those are our main uh, stages uh, sets that have been standing for like you know six years yeah. um, but everything we do 50% of the show there and we do 50% of the show on location amazing so we've been going to different locations for I did four you know two or th- I don't know, there must be about eight locations an episode or something for the last six years. We shoot wow. in the Bronx, Queens, Brooklyn, Manhattan. We go out to Long Island. We go upstate sometimes, occasionally. Yeah. I mean, like, to the most interesting-looking places as well. Really cool, it's, like... It's a good way to to force you to to meet the city as, as such. Because when you move somewhere, it's easy to find your little area, absolutely. know it well, and stay there. That's taking we're you everywhere. everywhere. Going, we're in Brownsville, we're in yeah. East New York, we're in... I mean, it's it's incredible. Amazing. We get to go everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do... I'm generally a very unslick um, host, but I'm going to do a slick bit now. Of, sp- speaking of playing the same character, <laughs> um, how was it to get the call about a train spotting two and, and to return to your most iconic character and you know the the one that kind of blew it all up for you um were there nerves over it was yeah. there a question over uh, whether you all should huge question yeah. over it and um it, i think it, there'd been a rumor maybe 10 years ago yeah yeah <laughs> and then nothing happened i think it wasn't ready and Subsequently, I found out that Danny was like, "Look, they they made a script when Porno the book came out, yeah, and then uh, Danny said it didn't, it just didn't do it justice, and it wasn't his favorite piece of, it wasn't his favorite book anyway, mm-hmm. so he didn't bother sending it to the actors, right? And then I got a postcard, I got post. This is how cool Danny Boyle is. Yeah. I got a postcard, an original transporting postcard of a cat drinking a bowl of milk." <laughs> And he just said, uh, Dear Johnny, having a go at T2. Script soon. Love, Danny. So, you know. It's a hell of a postcard to get. Yeah, and uh, um, I'd worked with him on stage, actually. I had worked with him so, uh, in between. We did a play at the National Theatre with right. Frankenstein yes. in 2011. Um, and so. Was that with. That Benedict, wasn't with Benedict, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. so the two Sherlock's. Yeah, that's just... Absolutely. I hadn't, hadn't put that together in my head until yeah, yeah. you say that. So that, I had, that's why I had a relationship with Benedict, actually, yeah. which, is, which is sort of why I initially said no. It was yeah. one of the big reasons, because it was it's like he's like one of these, someone I know, and a yeah. friend, and I was like... Yeah. How can I... So that factored it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah, to get that postcard was very exciting, but then I was always like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, yeah, think, yeah. You know? Of course. And, I, and, I, um, and then the script eventually came and it was really good and I didn't like the ending. Right. <laughs> initially, which has changed. Which I won't go into details about that. Yeah. But, but, but it's funny because the guy, I, got, I hadn't been in touch with Ewan McGregor for a long time. Right. And we sort of fell out of touch and uh, I, got a, I got a DM from him over Twitter <laughs> amazing yeah the wonders of social media I know right yeah well while we're sitting here yeah exactly um, I got a DM from him have you read a certain script I was like yeah and that, but I always I, I, was, I get worried about like the like the you know the Emperor's New Clothes kind of vibe because everyone's so excited and Bobby was really excited about it and I was like yeah. that I had a big problem with it right. um, and Danny is 
he flew around the world visiting each and every one of us wherever we were like if we went to LA to visit Ewan and Bobby lives in Vancouver because he does a show there yeah. and he came to New York to sit me just sit down read through the script and he read every other part and you read yours and then, you, and then you talk and if you have any you know this is how cool he is and how thorough he is that's yeah. just a natural way to work for him yeah which that's is amazing why to get that immediate feedback and that immediate instinct well, of what works and what yeah, doesn't. To him, there's no other way to do it. Beautiful. No yeah. other way to do it. It's about, and it was very important to him for us all to be equal partners in it to a certain extent, you know, for yeah. the jobs we were doing and keep things as much as the same they were, as much as they could be. Um, but anyway, he came to sit down with him and that was sitting in my, in my room, in, in my living room in, uh, down the street and I was like, Here's, here's my problem with it um, anyway it turned out that uh, turned out that one of his producers was the only other person who had the same problem with him and said, said that to him and he, and he happened to trust that bloke so then he could he could listen and I, I think they ch- I think they made a little change because of an, because of something uh, a book that Irvin had written that just came out which didn't sort of fit with that either the Blade Artist right they were going to kill Begbie right wow and I was like and it oh, got a bit it got a bit I was like got a bit much for me yeah. like, like the thing about train spotting is the first one yeah is that it's pe- so identifiable to people I think yeah it's everyone knows or ha- has fucked somebody over or knows somebody who's fucked them over yeah and that's the way it works. Like, and, and knows no, that it's, that's not, knows that mean, it's that, not a big bad guy type thing. It's, exactly, it's the, your hero, the hero at the end of Train Spotting, yeah. the hero, the protagonist, fucks his mates over yeah. and leaves, and and that is bad and it is horrible, but, but you, it's not you, the villain. You understand yeah. it. It's not the villain. It's human, yeah. and you you understand why he's doing it. But it's very. It's a complex. It's a complex question. Yeah. And it's but but it's identifiable, and yeah. for me they were brief, there was a couple of elements in there which I felt were not identifiable to people. Right. Not everyone has experienced de- uh, like a violent death yeah, yeah, or that. Not everyone's experienced that. Anyway, that changed whether it was because of that objection or whether it was because of um, they didn't want to kill Begbie because Irvin wrote another book about him. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so it ended up ended, things ended up changing a little bit. And uh, there were some various. Uh, um, he's just so responsive to that, and him and John and work. John uh, Hodge, the screenwriter, worked, and they came back with another version. It was much better, and you know, it was it was really good. Anyway, most of it's the same, but there was yeah, that's wicked. There was a process that, that as as you you touch on that that equality throughout that 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 b- belief and putting value in the opinion of. All yes. the players involved, which is in different their, because because back in the day when they made like such a great movie, yeah. they don't like we were we were there like we rehearsed a lot, like we were yeah. there for three weeks before we shot and rehearsed, and that sort of doesn't happen these days, and it couldn't happen this time. We did a bit of it, but getting us all together was like yeah. herding cats, yeah, of course. just schedule wise, and um, but but I'm always like. You don't really want my opinion because what it worked before without my yeah, opinion. Yeah, so don't ask me. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll I'll fuck it up if you <laughs> right. ask me too much. Amazing. You know, yeah. that's how I feel. Right, that's how yeah. I think. But then Danny's like, no, he's like, no, you guys have all got, you've got like 20 more years experience in this business. Like, no, you mm. know. Yeah. Like, you know, you're, you, you guys are good actors. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yes. um, so he really wants that input. 
Um, and then you know um, we had costume fitting they he he flew they flew back because I'm shooting um, elementary I can't like go anywhere at the dog I just can't disappear yeah um, and so they came back and do costume fittings in my flat again and he came back again yeah Um, and uh, yeah it was just it was just really thrilling but terrifying yeah because I've I've always come from the the perspective of what's the point yeah what is the point of doing this yeah like this could be really bad well that's what I think was so gr- gr- great about it and and relieving as a as a, a, a fan as well I went in like is this going to ruin is this going to tear apart yeah. the, the, these characters but the thing I, I realised as I was watching it number one I thought you all nailed it and I thought it was the perfect follow up but number two I don't remember m- many films that have characters that you feel you know so well that was only one film, if you know what I mean. It was weird watching T2 t- and going, yeah. how have we only m- m- met these guys once? But I guess it's because it was left alone for so long that it just was allowed no, to... No, it's because it, it's because it hit you, it, because it meant something to you at that time of your At life. the right time, yeah, 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 I guess so. And it, 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 just, it just, that's what happens with anything, whether it's yeah. train spotting or, I don't know, whether it's someone's a band means so much to somebody yeah. because it's during a certain time and you talk to people here they've got trained they've had you know people I work with had trains putting posters on their wall when they were at college I mean, the and the posters were absolutely iconic you know and it just it just meant something so you carry it with you yeah because it, it was like a, a milestone in your yeah. life right and that's it it, 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 it a, spread a out to many points in the life as well because it was the film but then it was Born Slippy and Lust for Life and it was the poster on your wall it wasn't just oh I watched this film once it was like I watched this film but now I've listened to this soundtrack for yeah, years every, on I've had the poster on my wall and seen it every day every time you hear that record yeah. it takes you back there yeah you yeah. Know? but I think still so what's the point and I think yeah. and I think I think we all felt confident enough that the script wasn't trying to do anything like that again it was making a comment on sort of what's the point itself it was saying yeah. that it was like Look, you're older and I, but I kept thinking like I'm like look because Danny said every time someone talks to him about it or talks to him in the run up they had the same questions and they want to know about what the soundtrack you know yeah. they want to know if Kelly McDonald's going to be in it and they yeah. want to know what the soundtrack is yeah and so he's thinking about the soundtrack all the time and I'm like yeah but Danny like none of us are that cool anymore yeah. like I, it's not going to be like <laughs> you know I think you did a really good job of it, but it's like, what are you going to pick? I mean, you're not cool anymore. That was what, <laughs> kind that of was your worry. You know that was I mean? g- like, genuinely one of the things that that excited me is before it came out, I was pitched the soundtrack to sponsor the podcast. So ahead of it, I was told that it had it had Young Fathers on, who are one of my favourite. Like I used to, to play them on yeah. my XFM show and all ah. this, and they're Scottish and that they yeah. are very cutting edge and all this. I was like. Right, so you're bringing in like Not only a, pr- Scottish, a prodigy from remix, yeah, yeah, from there, yeah. So it's like, so you're bringing in elements of the original soundtrack. You're bringing in genuinely credible, new, exciting guys. I was like, that as much as anything got me or gave me confidence in yeah. that. As you said, it was all going to be worthwhile, and it it, it was all going to work. He's a, he's obsessed with the the truth, Danny, yeah. and he doesn't sort of relax on. Uh, sit back on anything he's quick questions everything great yeah um, and that's I mean that's the way to do it 
Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so how... Was there a level of relief when it was all finished and it and it and it was good and it worked and it because oh, again yeah. if you've held off for so long and then you've finally taken that step and in many ways you've held off for so long and then you've all moved on do you know what I mean there might have been a point that you were that you were waiting for that 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 a phone call from your ex of train spotting kind of thing to call you and then you've moved on now yeah, you've got your own show you've got closure, closure. And, then, and then they call you and go. Should we get back together? It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first love has rung you up. Yeah. Trainspotting keeps drunk texting yeah, me at ex- one o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Saying, exactly. you want to do a third one? I wanted this drunk text ten years ago, <laughs> but now I don't. You know? <laughs> so how was that relief when it did all work? And it did all... Uh, did you know when you were making it? Or was it still that nerves until it came out and the critics and everyone kind of turned around and went, yeah, no, you've done it. Yeah, you get when you've got like a really colourful script with a lot of really good little vignettes in it and a lot of really good bits. When mm. when you do a bit, each little bit, you're like, oh yeah, we did something good today. You get these little kind of so you know you get that vibe actually. Yeah, and I think we felt that we'd done some um, some good. They then they start to add up, and you yeah. start to feel yeah. I think oh yeah, we've got a few good bits here, we've got a few good things, and then. Yeah, I mean, huge relief. It's sort of, it's so weird. It was just one of the trippiest things ever because just being there and doing it was so weird. Yeah. There was a lot of parallels. There was a lot of differences. Just being with the guys again was just wonderful. Yeah. And then it came out and then it was so different because there was this massive premiere in in um, in Edinburgh it was like you never seen anything like it, but like a huge yeah. orange carpet going down a big. T- and we were, like, I was like, oh no, what this is? But it was like great because all of Edinburgh's come out. But you're yeah. like, oh, you're like, you know, they that's the marketing side. Like, yeah, why yeah, we're, we're yeah. going to make this? We're going to sell it. We're going to yeah. sell the balls off of it, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And then in a way, like, because we're all partners in it, and we're like, you know, we've all got back end deals because they couldn't pay us up front. We're like, yeah, we're going to sell it. Then we went down and we went on a. <laughs> The craziest like press tour as well. We end up on a Graham Norton show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like fucking, what's going on? Best what, bit. Was, are we uh, almost recorded at this the day after or the day before the Graham Norton? Yeah, but show, it was, wasn't it? But it was just, just such a hectic was just thing. Too much. It was I pre- just too I much. Prefer going having on. these conversations when you're not on a press run. Every now and then they happen, yeah, but yeah. it's nicer to because you'll be get all the standard bullshit mayhem. answers exactly. coming out that I've said three times yeah, already in the last yeah. four days. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, we walked into, we did Chris Evans' radio show. Yeah. Which is, for, for me, like a major blast from the past. Because I, yeah. like, I remember going on TFI Friday yeah. when I was like pretty, I think, drunk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and uh, anyway, we walked into his show. We walked into the, the recording, uh, into the, his radio show. And it, it's like he's got, he's got you and you and Bobby, me and Danny walk, walking, stood there and he, the look on his face. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, is this happening? Hang this on so a weird. He his phone out. He was like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> That's mad, isn't yeah. it? And again, how every everything has come along in that time, I guess. And it was just the biggest 90s moment ever. Chris Evans yeah. sitting there with us. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love so it. So it was very surreal. So yeah. there was this huge, huge relief. But then... I was, then I was like straight back to the day job, of course, you know, and yes. um, straight back to that. And uh, it's kind of like my my memory of being in my flat in Chinatown and getting a call that we were going to do it, 
and actually making it happen is sort of fresher than anything else. Yeah. It's kind of weird, the parallel there, how when you made yeah. the first one, you, you ran off to America, essentially, and missed all the mayhem that was going on in the yeah. UK. And when the second one, you ran off to America, but because That's this time... It's home, and your yeah. family's there, and your and your own TV show is there. Do you know what I mean? It's it's such a it's it's as beautiful as a story and ending and own progression as anything there. That it's the same motion, but for exactly. completely different reasons. Exactly, it's lovely. Well, I'll wrap things up there. Um, before we do, I need to bring the thing that truly brought us together up, which I think is Mister Heggy. That yes. we're both fans of, of, of Miss Heggie. I think we've both got tattoos from Mr. Heggie. Yep. This is I just got this in Brooklyn actually, because he was here. Yes, yes. So I've got two. I've got I've got this one. Yep. Bit gangster, <laughs> yeah. And then I've got Don't Panic. Yep. Cat on Fire. I love him. I think he's absolutely yeah, amazing. Yeah, uh, and I've got He did on my leg he's done um it's it's a unicorn's head as if it's mounted on a wall. Uh, sorry, no, I've 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 tricked myself. It's a rhinoceros's head as if it's mounted on the wall and underneath it says unicorn. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're just unicorns really. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're just unicorns that have uh, let themselves go. Yeah, they're the reality of unicorns. They're, yeah. they're, they're real life ones and yeah, but He's just the best. I love him. Yeah, there's a bunch of guys that I work with, young guys, camera guys, sound guys, Who are, and I took my sound, uh, one of the sound operators. Yeah. Was, they're obsessed. Uh, and, and he got a Spaceman on his whole leg. like that. You know Amazing. that artwork piece, yeah. that big Spaceman down yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, a couple of lads are really pissed off that they couldn't get there. I mean, he's just a genius. He truly and, is. And, and you see that artwork and you know it's him. Yeah. But it's so simple. Yeah. And it's funny. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's got that. <laughs> How do you know simplicity him? and scribbleness? Or he 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 does all the artwork for my label, right? And it came about because when he it it first joined Instagram, he was doing a load of little portraits of rappers, and he'd done Biggie and all these legends, and then he did me, and I was like, did that by Felicia That's great. one of uh, like by Felicia, yeah, of, uh, yeah, Ice Cube, right? yeah, yeah, and I was like. This is great. Like, would you like to design a T-shirt or something? And since then, he's designed all my T-shirts, all my merch, all the like our label of of the of, yeah. of the record label, yeah, yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the logo and that. And yeah, did you? I love um, him. He's wonderful. Did you find him on Instagram? Then yeah. So yeah. did I. Yeah, and that's how we kind of yeah c- c- connected I on love Instagram. Instagram and yeah, do that. I've got um, including Heggy. I've got I've got maybe four or five artists. Yeah work in my flat yeah that I found on Instagram yeah I've got there you go the upstairs of my house I've got f- four prints of Heggies that were small ones and I, I paid him to do big full size ones so I mm. could properly frame them so yes and my little hallway upstairs is like a little Heggie art gallery that's just brilliant four of his prints that just look amazing and brilliant I've got I a guy him. I found a guy that takes toy photographs right that looks so good, and he takes of Star Wars figures predominantly. Oh, amazing! And and he's a he's an he's a U.S. Army combat vet. Yeah, his name's uh, Captain Chaos with a K. Right. Captain Chaos. Yeah, and he takes these photographs, but he'll but he's got so he's got like two stormtroopers in a trench, but he'll blow he'll blow stuff up around them either using an air gun or whatever. Yeah. So there's bits of dirt flying through the air yeah. and these things, and then he'll write a thing under, we've been pinned down for four days. Nah, nah, nah. So I've got these metallic prints of a couple of stormtrooper battle scenes and Boba Fett. Yeah. And they look like, they look brilliant. I love that. Anyway. This is kind of, there's a, there's an Instagram account that isn't, isn't used anymore. It's gone dead, but all the pictures are still there that I was obsessed with. And it's just called from Vader with love. 
and this woman has put a Vader helmet on just a naked body, like a, a naked man doll body, and has just done all these sexy poses, blurring out genitalia each time, <laughs> and it's just a series of erotic shots of Vader as a doll. But it's a doll. Yeah, but it's... yeah, yeah but. But it's adult, and it, again, they're genuinely beautifully shot and beautifully done. Yeah, and all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gutted when I stopped doing it, but yeah, that's one <laughs> to go and look at and scroll through because there's endless, hilarious pictures there. Well, there you go. Thank you very much for chatting. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. There you go. That was Johnny Lee Miller on episode 178. What an absolute dude. Um, I loved it. I loved discussing Sick Boy as a character. And then the kind of weirdness that happened after with all the hype that was behind him and how he he missed some of that. And then how he turned it all back around and and is doing amazing in, 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 in elementary and stuff like that. So that was cool. If you enjoyed that one, I've had a load of other good people on in the past. People like James McAvoy, Stephen Graham, like on the actors' front, uh, Kathy Burke, Alice Lowe, some really good people. So stroll, scroll and stroll through the back catalogue and have a little look. Stick around till the, the very end and you'll get Pip's Pod Picks. Um, the way the advertising works is it's not on every episode, but it's on a lot of them. So if you miss it, then you'll get one in the end. Don't worry, there's some good recommendations. Yeah, I'll see you next week for Rick Edwards, which is a great episode. Um, I'm back to asking you to like and subscribe and rate and review, I mean. I stopped for a while, but then iTunes has done that rejig on the latest update and it's kind of easier to give a five-star rating. I'd like five-star ratings and reviews and it helps spread the word to other people and get and get the word out there my percentage ratio at the moment is insane like i'm i've got overall a five star average so if you could keep that that'd be awesome but if you could uh push that beyond any possible other level then that'd be even better but you don't have to it's fine at social media i'm having a long ended now i'm feeling all rambly on social media, I'm on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at ScroobiusPipYo or Facebook.com slash ScroobiusPip. So check me out. And check out the Distraction Pieces network pages. There's a Distraction Pieces network page on Twitter, on Instagram and on Facebook. And they're really good for posting stuff that I don't post on my page. Just cool stuff about the network. A little sn- snippets of some of the podcasts and just good, good little videos and stuff like that. So keep an eye on them. Um, that's all for you for now. Oh, I didn't mention on the drunk cast that we're going to have John Harris, who runs a lot of the social media for the the Distraction Peace Network. He'll be joining us. He's got a load of good podcasts too. And he'll be joining us um, as a kind of background guide to look things up and Google stuff and throw facts and information in our direction. So it's going to be a fun episode. So the drunk cast ones will be here at the end of the year, as it should be. And um, I'll see you all next week. Ta-ta!